I'm Josh Cooperman, and this is Convo by Design with another fabulous design house. The Aspire House, Princeton, is offering a fifth edition of this designer showcase, and as design houses should, this one focuses on amazing talent and unique design. The New Jersey Design House will offer live tours, live tours, right, of the house, which is a novel approach in 2020, considering almost all the other design houses this year have been forced to go uh, exclusively virtual. This was my first opportunity to cover the Aspire House Princeton, and as you will hear, this cohort of design talent is extremely diverse in style, aesthetic, philosophy, and background. That is the secret to presenting a unique design experience, which is exactly what the Aspire Design Princeton House is. Thank you for listening to Convo by Design. I would encourage you to subscribe to the, to the podcast everywhere you find your favorite shows so that you don't miss a single episode. Uh, follow us, uh, find us at convobydesign.com. You can also engage with us on Instagram at convobydesign with an X. We will, uh, we'll be right back with the Aspire House Princeton. Convo by Design is presented by Walker Zenger, a forward acting brand that has built on the promise to provide designers and architects with the right materials to do their best work. That promise is fulfilled every day through a commitment to provide the best ceramic, glass, stone, porcelain, and concrete surfaces and finishes. This is a family business with over 65 years of global product discovery, sourcing, and manufacturing the finest products available. Walker Zanger believes strongly in serving the trade with a trade program to make the specifying process simple with the support you need. They also have been staunch supporters of the trade since 1952. Check out their collaborative line with designer Pieta Donovan, a collection of cement and ceramic tiles inspired by the patterns and colorways of the 1970s and created with a comfortable modernity. Please also make sure to join us for an interactive video series called The Showroom, where you can find some of the most innovative designers talking about their creations. This is just another example of how Walker Zanger is on the cutting edge of design, featuring products for every style and architectural feel you can create. Check out any of their showrooms across the country or shop online. WalkerZanger.com. I am Diane DeRocher, and my firm is Diane DeRocher Interiors, and I'm located in Ramsey, New Jersey. Tell me about the design house this year. When did you get involved, and what room are you designing? Um, I had gotten involved. Let me see. I had heard about the show house back in, I want to say, December. And um, I was very curious about it. And uh, I went to see the house while it was under construction, beautiful home. And I was awarded Julian's room, their nine-year-old son. So I'm very excited about it. So interesting. Did you get to meet Julian or? Are I you, did not. You did not. <laughs> did, you, did you get a bio? Did you get a profile? I didn't, but I have uh, three little grandsons, eight, seven, and three, and I'm the mom of two boys. So I tried to wrap my head around the idea of what a nine-year-old would be um, would be expecting and wanting out of his room. So um, that was basically my premise, and that was my jumping-off point. I, I love that. 
You know, and one of the things that I love most about design houses is that it gives the designer a creative license that you don't always have when you're designing for a client. Do you, do you like that? Or as a designer, would you prefer to have more direction? Uh, This is my 18th designer show house. So I would say I absolutely do love doing a designer show house. What's nice about that is that we are able to um, really um, flex our creative muscles and um, and, ima- and imagine what's nice about this show house is that we, you know, the, it's a little boy's room. So that is, that was my jumping off point. But a lot of times when I'm, when I'm designing for a show house, whether it is, if it's a historic home, I try to imagine what, um, what my imaginary client would be and, uh, and also the public and their reaction to it. So it's, it's a wonderful time for, I think, for designers to be able to design um, with your preferred style. And I design very um, classically, um, transitionally. I love to, um, I love to implement uh, vintage pieces whenever I can. So um, I do love doing a designer show house. <laughs> so what did you do special for Julian this year? Well, I try to imagine um, a little boy, a nine-year-old, and, um, and thought about the inspiration of um, his curiosity about the world and travel and life and, um, you know, and, and adventure. And so taking that um, into consideration, we designed his room with, um, with a thought of, uh, of a young explorer. And um, so his ceiling, we have a mural of a map. Uh, we designed it very classically as far as our palette. It's in blues and grays and sand tones. Um, more contemporary, clean line furniture. And, um, you know, there's this beautiful uh, desk that was designed for us. And, um, and so we just, you know, filled it with globes and, you know, things that you would imagine that would inspire a, a young boy. We have a telescope in there, um, a reading area with a, with a gorgeous chair, um, and just some really interesting vintage pieces. We did a lot with airplane photography for our inspiration for our artwork. And um, something that is not so little boy, but that is more a child, a boy that will be able to grow into the space and not tire of it. So there's not a baby element involved there. I think that at nine years old, um, he's on the cusp of being a young man. So we, we thought of a room that he can grow with. And who were some of the partners that you worked with? Who were some of the uh, fabricators, artisans, uh, product suppliers? Uh, who did you specify? Who did you use? Oh, my goodness gracious. We have, let's see. Um, well, Paint Tech is my painter, and he is amazing. Um, Fiber Seal, Designer's Resource, Creative Touch. Um, let me see. 
We have Urban Natural that supplied our furniture for us. Uh, Florence, the flooring, and also the uh, the, the uh, built-ins. Uh, Steve's Custom uh, Drapery Shop did our window treatments and our custom pillows. Samuelson and Sons basically is our, you know, our trim du jour. <laughs> uh, Kravit Fabric and Tebow. Um, and Murals Your Way is what we had um, actually had designed the, uh, the mural that we have on the ceiling, which is, um, which is quite fabulous. Tightrope Lighting also um, supplied our floor lamp and also our desk lamp. And um, I'm thinking that's about the extent of most, I'm sure. And I apologize if I forgot anybody. But um, yeah, we were very, you know, I have to say that being in business for 25 years, um, loyalty is, is so important. And um, I've surrounded myself with some amazing, amazing um, uh, fabricators and workrooms and, um, and my products. So I'm very lucky that when I say I'm doing a show house, they don't shy away from me, <laughs> but they kind of buy into it and jump in on board, which I'm very grateful to. <laughs> it does, right? Yeah. It's, so, it's, it's unusual, right? I haven't, haven't been around a lot of people in a while. Well, nobody has. And it's so funny too, because having done as having covered as many design houses as I have, knowing what what the environment is like and really, really missing it. I'm, I'm sure it feels great. What, what room did you design? So we worked with the homeowner from the beginning on um, the cabinetry, the plumbing fixtures, the tile selection. So we worked directly with the homeowner on all those for the whole entire house. So how does that work? So did you work with other designers in their space or did you, did you cover the whole kitchen bath areas yeah so what we did is we worked with the homeowners and we worked with them for all their selections for the kitchen the bath the laundry room the mud room uh the bar downstairs so we worked directly with the um homeowner on those areas and then the designers came in after that and they basically you know decorated the spaces you know wallpaper accessories all that kind of stuff so and then we're also no please go ahead and then we're also, we are um, in charge of staging the kitchen, the bar, and a couple of small areas in the house also. Very cool. So you worked with all the designers. How was the collaborative process? Well, we just worked directly with the homeowner. We didn't actually work with the designers. The designers came in after us. So they're doing their own thing with the spaces. Um, so we just worked with the homeowners. Very cool. Okay, so it's an, un- it's an unusual process. Yeah, it, it is an unusual process. I think that that's fascinating. Mm-hmm. Um, any glitches? Any any issues with that? Because I've never heard of of having that work that way before. Um, it was different for us, but because the homeowners like it's a brand new home, and the homeowners can actually live in the house, he wanted to make sure everything was cohesive throughout the spaces. So that's kind of why it was done that way. He wanted to make sure, you know, the cabinetry was, you know, cohesive through the house and all the plumbing fixtures are what he wanted. So all the, you know, hard surfaces that are in the house, he wanted to make sure that they were what he wanted when the, you know, when the show house was finished. So that's, it was unusual. Yeah. Uh, so who did you specify? Uh, the plumbing fixtures are all cooler. Mm-hmm. The uh, tile is all from Garden State Tile. 
The countertops are all Silestone. And the cabinetry that we did is all our own private label brand. Oh, that's great. So you, you produce it all yourself? Yes. That's fantastic. Well, listen, um, thank you for jumping on. I am so excited to see the finished product. Are you, are you thrilled with the way that it came out? Oh, it's amazing. And what, what the designers are doing with this house is gorgeous. It really is. Well, I am Tamir Rashiba Green. Uh, I am the owner and interior designer of Lux Pad Interiors, and we are located in Brooklyn, New York. And so, uh, Tamu, did I pronounce Tamu, it correct? Right. Tamu, okay, cool. Um, so tell me about your space in the design house. What, what room did you take? Yeah, so my team, we actually designed the mud room, um, and we kind of approached it... Um, like a like a like a foyer, but it's a little bit more personal. You know what's really interesting? The the mudroom, the foyer, the vestibule kind of had a totally different purpose and meaning prior to 2020, right? Exactly. And it's totally it's totally changed the 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 nature of that particular space. And so I'm curious, you probably walked the space um last December, I would assume, or at least you saw it prior to what, March 12th, right? And after you started working on it, I'm curious, did it, did it change your approach? I will say, actually, I have to this day never been there. I will be, I was supposed to be, uh, I was actually heading there today and got into a few travel issues. But um, I think our approach was a little bit different, actually. Um, we kind of, with all that's going on and, you know, people are changing the way that they're living and we wanted to encourage, you know, people who walked through the space to just address their spaces for uh, what needs uh, best met with them, like what they actually needed and to use their space for, just be creative and to, to think of your spaces in new ways. So we actually kind of, um, took a little different route and kind of came like, like with a story. Maybe the mother, you know, wanted a sacred space to do her yoga practice and to meditate. And there was no other place in the, in the house. And she escaped to the mud room to get away from the kids and get some quiet. And so <laughs> that's a little story. And that's how we, we are staging the space. So. Well, isn't it, isn't it funny? I'm just prior to, again, prior to March 12th, did you ever think you would hear yourself saying that the mud room is a place where we would go escape from the kids? I know, not, <laughs> never. But at this, at this time, like we all have to kind of get creative and find, um, you know, different places to be because home is a lot more, everyone's at home now. So, you know, sometimes you have to sneak off and find a, a place that's private and yours. Yeah, listen, brilliant point. And and who better than designers to sort of re redefine what what spaces are for? So I love that you did that. Who did you specify? Who did you use? What products? What partners? Um, who who's represented in this space? Yeah, so um, we went with a beautiful wallpaper from Tebow. Um, we got custom closets made from Florence, uh, which are beautiful. Um, our light respect from circle lighting and um, Town and Country did the custom benches, the upholstery. So we have a, uh, we also did the adjacent powder room. 
So that has a Roman shade and all of the bench cushions and such are from Polo and Brother Studio. And um, also, sorry about that. And also um, the art is spec'd from Left Bank Art. And let me see, let me think of anything else. Um, yeah, I believe that's those. That's the main uh, uh, sources that we used. I love that, and I, you know, it's really interesting because as many design houses as I've covered, I've never, I've never gone and done it this way where I'm talking to you before I've actually seen the space. So it's kind of different for me too. I love the picture that you're painting, and I, I got to tell you, I can't, I can't wait to see your room. I can't wait to see the space. Well, me neither. So, <laughs> so, yeah, I'm definitely excited to finally get in there. We've been kind of having things delivered and I'm fine. I'm so excited to actually get things set up. And most of what I've been doing is remote. So just kind of checking in and um, through photos and things like that. Uh, my name is Alirio Pirella and the name of the firm is Pirella Atelier. And we're located in Lamberville, New Jersey. It is so nice to meet you. I, I'm excited to speak with you about this. Tell me what space you designed and sort of where the inspiration came from. Nice to meet you too. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm supposed to design on the second floor, the guest uh, bedroom, but I decided to do like a drawing room to have like more express who I am as a designer. So I decided to also use, um, I'm an antique dealer also at the same time. So I'm using a lot of my pieces and my inspiration was, the name of the room was, I call it uh, Sumptuous Serenity because I'm using a lot of high-end um, American and European uh, pieces uh, from uh, famous designers from the from 20s to the 70s. And then I'm mixing them in like, you know, in, 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 a, in a way that all the colors and all the fabrics and the texture had that serenity, but I was trying to mix that elegant room, but with like laid back organic shapes and fabrics. That, so this was a switch for you from the room that you were originally gonna do. Um, and I love that. So the inspiration behind this, I love that you're, you're talking about you wanted to represent the, the type of designer that you really are. What type of designer are you? Well, um, my school was in Spain and I have a lot of influence from um, Europe and I did my master uh, in France. So my influence is actually the mix of how I see it when I was there of the old and the new and mixing those um, timeless pieces with modern twist. So that is my aesthetic, the mix of the old. To me, that is, I call the, the new modern to me. I, I love that. And who did you use? Who did you specify? What, what partners did you use in putting the space together? Honor to be partner with Pierre Frey, uh, the Dar Milano, current company, um, Kravit, uh, Wester Carpets and Rocks, uh, the Chate Store, um, uh, a great designer from Florida. His name is, is uh, Austin um, Care Art, that he's provided some of his art from a room, the Chelsea Art Group. Um, in Mazon Gerard, Carol Egan also from Mazon Gerard in New York. 
I love that. And, you know, it's, it's funny, I'm doing this, this is the first time I've ever done it this way, this whirlwind sort of interview after interview. I, I love normally going to a design house, walking through it first and seeing the space, and then being able to really talk to you about sort of the design. I, but I, it's new for me. So I'm, I'm really excited uh, to see your space. What's the one thing, if somebody could just come in and see it for 30 seconds, Where's the, what's the showstopper to you? What is the one thing that you want to make sure that everybody sees? So many showstoppers, you're going to love it because I use a lot of my collection and I use my dear pieces that I brought from Italy and France. And, and it's this amazing um, 1960 spine bouquets hanging on the wall that is amazing but also uh the day bed that i brought from france from 1950s that is uh, a jean Purcell is a beautiful uh 1940s but it has the straight lines with very geometric drawings on the sides but i think most of my pieces i want you to come and visit but those are the pieces that but all my pieces they're my, my children so i love all of them I love it. I love that. Um, and I would love to see it. But the beauty this year is even if I can't make it out there, I get to see it in a, in a virtual capacity to some degree. So I, I can't wait to see it. Uh, me too. I can't wait you to see it and tell me, Alirio, I'm moving in. So Anna Maria Manorino. My company is Manorino Designs. I'm an interior and event designer. And uh, recently, over the last year, a product designer as well. And the space that I'm doing in the show house is the great room and the conservatory behind it. So tell me about the space, the motivation and inspiration behind it. Okay, so I wanted a space that was, you know, sort of edgy and sexy and like a rock and roll sort of feel. Um, the furniture is super cool. It's this beautiful modern Italian furniture from um, Zenoda. And um, it's, a gallery space, really. Um, there's so it's so it's completely art filled. So I have um, amazing artwork that we borrowed from Chelsea How um, Chelsea, the Chelsea Group, and um, I mean Jim Dine, um, David Hines, Jeff Coons. Amazing art. Um, we have a piece that's going to be suspended above the fireplace. Um, there's no wall above the fireplace, so literally it's just going to be like suspended in air. Um, which is our, the Jim Dime piece. I'm so, I'm so beyond excited about that. Um, anyway, so that's sort of the inspiration of the space. I have beautiful rugs coming in from Creative Touch Rugs. Those are really the three vendors that I worked with. Um, I really wanted to just kind of focus on the three of them so it wasn't so broken up. What was the, um, what was the feel that you were going for? What was the vibe? Did you have one? Two questions, really. Did you have one going into this? And in light of the events of 2020, did, mm -hmm. your, design, did your design change at all? Because one of the things that I'm noticing is, and it's really fascinating, it has changed, the events of 2020, in many cases, have changed the way people view their work the way that they view things, the way that they perceive things. And I'm curious how that changed you and your design. I have to say it didn't change the design. It was sort of what I was going for from the beginning, from when I saw, first saw the space, and I saw the space raw. I mean, the house was like being built. So I had that, this idea from, from the start. I'm a, I'm a jazz singer as well. 
So music is like, it's just, it's my passion. Um, and I wanted to incorporate um, music in this, some, you know, the vibe of that in this. So without, you know, without actually having pianos and instruments in there. So it was just the feel that this is somebody that's well-traveled, who's living in there and, um, you know, maybe a, maybe a rock and roller themselves who's sort of in this space. And it's just sort of very open, uh, very clean, very uh, minimalist is what I went for. And um, beautiful, sexy furniture, sexy artwork, and not taking away from the integrity of the space. Just, you know, everything's on a clean white background. Knowing that there's a difference, and it's it's funny because prior to this year, we never really had to talk about the difference between experiencing a design house virtually or a design house in reality. And mm -hmm. I'm curious, knowing that there are two different um, experiences here, two different sets of reality, right? For those that can only experience it virtually, what will they miss? And what would you like them to see uh, what would you like them to know, even if they can't feel it, they can't smell it, they can't touch it? Well, I, you know, that's a very good question, um, which is why you asked it. Um, I, I don't know that they, they're going to miss much if it's photographed and videotaped um, the right way. I mean, you might, you might, I, I think one of the things you'll miss is coming in the front door and seeing this room. Have you been to the house at all? Okay, no. so coming into the front door, you know, there's a, a, the hallway and then this room is right beyond it and seeing this suspended in air, big heart. And I will say that particular piece did change from what we originally selected. First of all, we couldn't get what we were originally going for. And then I loved the idea in light of everything that's happening is putting this great big heart in there, you know, as you come in. So that I think that's going to make an impact as soon as people come in the front door, actually. I love that. I love that. And um, I can't wait to see the pictures. I can't wait to see the pictures. My name is Gail Davis and the name of the firm is Gail Davis Designs. And we are located in South Orange, New Jersey. So tell me the space that you that you're designing and the inspiration behind it. You know what it is? It's the space that I'm designing is a guest room. And the inspiration behind it is I just want it to be like a quiet place where one can come visit when they're visiting their family and relax in a space that feels like it was especially made for them, as opposed to, you know, when you go to your family's house, you're thrown into this room, the kids kicked out of the room. But this is something very special that they'll feel at home and at peace here. I love that. And who did you, who did you use? Who did you specify? And how did you use them? Okay, so I specified Bunny Williams Home. Uh, there's this hourglass table that is just simply divine, and it has gold leaf bottom and a marble top, and it's an octagonal top. I also have the brush stroke lamp, which has a gold base, and it's blue and white, which is just has this very feminine uh, shape in a very masculine room. And then Mitchell Gold, Bob Williams. Now the funny thing with the bed is I had initially requested a gray bed, a gray vel uh, velvet bed, and they delivered the bed and it's purple. So now it, you know, it's funny. I was like, oh, 
but with the walls being so dark, I'm going to play off of the walls. And I have this amazing, beautiful linen from Deborah Sharp of Deborah Sharp Linens, which I'm so excited to use. And the rug is from Samad Rugs, which has um, several colors going threaded through it. So it looks like, you know, it's hand knotted. So it's super beautiful. And those are my people. Oh, and let me not forget the Shade Store. They did this amazing drapery uh, for me with this beautiful trim from Samuel and Son. And then I also did a solar shade, a woven solar shade for privacy during the day. And I love that. Just going back to this for a second, you specified a gray bed. They sent you a purple one and you're like, yeah, I'll make it work. Yeah, that's it. I mean, I, you know, let's be honest, I gasped for air and I was like, oh my God, horrible. And then I was like, you know what? Make it work. Just do what you do. Make it work. By the time the pillows and everything else is on it, what you'll see is like the footing of the bed, but you, and a little bit of the headboard, but it just has to be made properly. That's all. And it just can be dressed really well. I'm going to add another mattress on it just to give it a little bit more height, but it's, it's super, it's going to be super fun. I'm super excited. Just out of curiosity, is there a mattress that you specify for design houses? And it's kind of a tough one because knowing that, you know, nobody ever gets a chance to see them, but I'm just curious what, what's under the covers. Do you have a, do you have one that you love to use? Okay. So I do have one that I love to use that I don't unfortunately for this one, but for both show houses I've used this year, um, actually for the one show house before this, it was Mitchell Gold, Bob Williams, who supplied the mattress and it was absolutely amazing. Um, but normally I, I try to use Costin or um, something or else I'll go through my company, Costa Del Bianco, who I do for my linen and they'll have their person specify a bed for the show house. Um, I'm Vivian Hung. And I'm Joe Jamaris, and our firm is Global Home Interior Design, and we're located in Princeton, New Jersey. Tell me about the design house this year. Tell me about your space. Um, well, we um, are doing the uh, main office suite. So it's the office on the corner with there's a bathroom and, a, and his closet. Um, and it also faces out into a lovely, it faces out side, which is also very nice. Tell me, tell me about the design. I'm backing up just mm -hmm. a second. So in the past, I don't know if I want to call it lazy on my part, but in the past, when I've gone out to design houses, any, any project house, really, I'll set up and I'll spend some time there and I'll record from there and I'll get to walk through and see everything and touch everything. And, um, not having the benefit of doing that this year, but instead hearing the designers. And I've always thought of this as like, you know, architecture is, is the language of design and designers actually are the storytellers of design. And it's, it's kind of opened this new experience for me where hearing the designers tell the stories of their space in the absence of actually being able to be there and feel it and see it and touch it has been a really interesting experience. So tell me the, tell me the story behind your space. Sure. Um, well, you know, when we were first uh, selected to be part of the show house, we were, 
you know, very honored. And, you know, we love Aspire Magazine. That we're big fans and uh, um, we're very, we, we really like Stephen and Amy. Um, you know, and also it's helpful that it's in Princeton, which we're really proud of because it's our town. Um, and so, you know, this was talked about, I think almost a year ago mm -hmm. at this point. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we were just doing our merry old thing. 2019 was really awesome. And we're like, great, we'll be part of it. And, you know, not thinking anything except, okay, we'll come up with a really great design. Um, you know, there were some delays, delays, and then, you know, the pandemic happened. And I think that, you know, it really has forced all of us to think about because we're in the business of creating homes and spaces for people you know, where they have, you know, the interior space is super important in terms of affecting mood and, um, you know, their every day, you know, now that most people that are fortunate enough to have this sort of career work from home. So the office becomes really important. Um, and I think Joe and I, you know, sometimes we approach a show house and we're like, okay, let's do something really like outrageous, yeah. you know, let's like, you know, uh, you know, do black light. I don't know. You could do whatever. Like, I, I mean, the, we're, we <laughs> seem to be like the office whisperers in the show houses. And right. the last one we did a couple of years ago, you know, we did like a hot pink lacquered ceiling and black walls. And it was just really kind of like over the top just to, you know, for a show house, you really want to like, push the design um, envelope forward. But for this one, because of the, I think because of the pandemic, like we took a different yeah, approach. Yeah, a different approach. I think we, you know, you, you, we're all gonna have to spend so much more time in our offices and we want it to be a place where, you know, you want it to be serene and sort of a haven because the outside world is obviously at this point so unpredictable and scary, right? And how do we, uh, enclose ourselves in a productive space and feel safe, um, but also feel like you're in a place that represents your sort of taste level and sophistication. So we did a lot of textures. So the wallpaper has, you know, little um, erased rivets and is a grass cloth. There's, um, you know, beautiful uh, tone on tone um, quality on our stuff. But then at the same time, each individual piece is sort of this serene specialness that we selected. We didn't do like, uh, we didn't want it to look too busy, essentially. So um, so I think what we came up with, uh, we're pretty happy with, and, and Joe can probably talk more because I feel like I'm taking No, over, well, I mean, I think Vivian said it perfectly because that's, she just does that. I, <laughs> so I, I would say that she kind of hit the nail on the head. It is a place where like, if you go and shut the door, you know, in theory, you wouldn't need to leave all day nor want to. Right, right. It feels like a, a special little sanctuary. Cocoon, like cocoon. cocoon. I think we were going for cocoon. Right. Isn't it interesting, too, that you have to really redefine the nature of the space, you know, and traditionally the kitchen is the is the heart of the home, right? But, mm -hmm. but the office is the brain. And it, all too often... I don't want to say all too often, like it, like it's a bad thing. But for years, the office has always been an afterthought. It's always been a, um, well, where are we going to put the office? Okay, well, we'll put a desk in what was formerly the dining room, or we'll put a desk in the kitchen, or we'll put a desk in the living room, or you know, maybe we'll we'll put a she shed out in the yard and put something out there. Mm -hmm. Clearly, 
that doesn't work anymore. And I think what's really interesting is one of the one of the main lessons that we've learned in 2020 is the value of a of a home workspace, which really is going to absolutely change the way people think about live work home. So I love that you're doing that and to to sort of reference that office whisperer moniker, I think, <laughs> I think is really cool. Did from the, the offices that you've done years ago to this year and the events of this year, did that change your, your design philosophy at all? Yeah, I think, I think you're right. I think in the past, it was really just, a, uh, re- the focus was on function and it was, you know, there was a lot of office furniture that we would kind of spec because people really didn't want to spend, you know, the, the bulk of their budget on the office. Um, and now, now that things are finally picking up for us again, I would say all of our jobs uh, going into the fall have to do with like reimagining the house so that the workspaces are really um, private and comfortable and beautiful. You know, we're doing some things where, you know, people want on the on the wall that people are seeing, you know, they want a, uh, an art gallery or wallpaper mm-hmm. so that when you're in a Zoom meeting, you know, people are seeing this beautiful representation of like what your home life is like, because mm-hmm. I feel like in the beginning of the pandemic, we all saw it on on every news program, like when whenever anyone was being interviewed, you're like, oh, wow, that's someone's bedroom and it's weird to see like how tacky the furniture is and you know oh that's how that person lives so I I think everyone kind of like picked up on that and is now like wants wants a better representation of like what their home life is like Mm -hmm. vis-a-vis the office right yeah no absolutely um totally true so who did you who did you specify for the project this year um well there's arteriors, um, beautiful arteriors desk that we love. Which uh, one? It's uh, it's the. I'm sorry, I'm totally putting you on the spot, but I know their desk. That I just I love. I oh love. God, I just... Yeah. Yeah, there is this beautiful desk. Um, it's uh, of course I. I what told, is the name of it? Um, sorry. I'll come with it. I'll I'll tell you the other uh, people that we use. Um, we we uh, found a fantastic, gorgeous. Art Deco rug from the Princeton um, rug gallery that's local here. Just we're super happy with it. Um, Florence did all the um, built-in cabinetry, um, the wallpapers by Thibault, uh lighting by Visual Comfort. There's a lot of like one-of-a-kind things in there. Um, we're doing um, the the window treatments are from Shade Store. Right. Um, um, there's a made goods table. A couple made goods tables. There's oh our probably like one of the coolest pieces in the room is oh, this yes. really uh, textural lamp, um, desk lamp that's from actually a friend of ours in Los Angeles. It's called LGS Studio. It's Little Garage Shop is was the former name. Mm-hmm. And he does these really kind of like Brutalist. vicious... Um, Ceramic pieces, you know, sort of like, um, you know... You're, you're almost afraid to touch it because you like feel like it might hurt you, but at the same time, you kind of want to be so close to it. So we put that on in, on the desk because we just love the, the hand feel of it. Um, there's a lot of like 
one-of-a-kind things in there that we found all over the place. Hi, my name is Tremaine Poprick, and I'm with the Red Bank Design Center, and we are located in Red Bank, New Jersey. And hi, I'm Vicki Kelly-Gindy with the Red Bank Design Center located in Red Bank, New Jersey. Okay, so what, what room did you do this year? We um, did the ladies' office. The ladies' office? Yes. Interesting. So tell me about this space. So um, when we first saw this space, we noticed that it is surrounded by um, windows and doors. And it looked over into, the, into nature. So that inspired us to, to design our space. We wanted to have a very organic feel. But at the same time, um, we want it to be a little bit funky, a little bit urban, because we feel like that the house, the style of the house calls for an urban space. Um, and we wanted to incorporate all the things that, uh, that the lady loves, that the lady of the house enjoys all her possessions. And um, we wanted to make it a little bit sexy too. I'm curious, so in the house, I think that there are there's more than one office space, correct? Yes. Yes. So it's really interesting because if we were having this very same conversation last year at this time, the question would be, wouldn't two offices in, in one residence be, <laughs> be a bit extravagant, right? So funny. Yes. Uh, agreed. But at the same time, I feel like why not have two offices? If you can have the space and, and you are able to afford it, why not have two? Because everyone needs their own little oasis. Everyone needs their own little getaway where they can do their work and they can do. It doesn't even have to be work. It can just be them sitting behind a desk watching TV or them sitting behind the desk just doing whatever they want to do. Read a book, make them happy. But that's their own little space. Right. And also, um, if I can jump in, it's like you said, the timing of this. I mean, when we were assigned this room, it was before the pandemic and we were given the ladies office. And yes, we said the same thing. It's a, it's a luxury. I would dream to have an office in my house, an office away from me, from my office, a way to get escape from the family life and have that peace and privacy and get things done in the comfort of your own home. And when the pandemic struck, it was necessity. It wasn't a luxury. It became a necessity. And at Red Bank Design Center, our phones were off the hook with people calling. Can you quickly put me together in office? Can you, I, I need something that's quick ship. I need this to get done quickly. You know, everyone was straggling and now this became the new normal. So right now the luxury of a home office is, is sort of the new norm and it's sort of a necessity and it's a beautiful thing to have a place where you can close those double doors and get away from the hustle of the family life, whether it's Zooming or cooking or chauffeuring or, you know, Tram and I are both uh, working moms and we've been balancing it all. And it's just, um, we felt like the room, we wanted it to represent how we felt even amidst the pandemic, you know, how we would love to have that escape. We would dream to have that, you know? So it was really actually very fitting after all um, in the midst of these times. Yeah. So, so take me, take me through the space. Who did you use? Who did you specify? What's the vibe? Um, what's, what's unique about, and, and it's funny because the word unique is so tough because with a design center, uh, with a design house, you know, 
it's not it's not always a you're not always striving to be totally different but at the same time it allows you to put your stamp on a space whereas you might not ordinarily have that opportunity so what is different about this space who did you specify what's the vibe how'd you put it together um like we said before we wanted to have more of an urban feel especially in a town like princeton where everything is very traditional um everything is you know very old school we wanted to give it a little bit of life so a lot of the artwork that we chose is very is more on the modern side it's a little bit funky um you might not ordinarily see it in um any house you walk into um the furniture we use we 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 use a lot of um sd we use sd2 for our desk we love his craftsmanship it's gorgeous we, we chose a desk that was acrylic, so it made the room very light, even though it is a wood desk. It makes it very light and airy, which is what we wanted. We wanted to mix the organic with the nature outside the windows, along with um, the more urban setting um, that we want of the vibe of the room. Nikki, do you have anything to add? Yes, and then we have, um, we have a beautiful boucle uh, upholstered bench by Highland House. Um, we used beautiful fabric from Romo Textiles for our window treatments. Um, we used precedent also um, for precedent. We used for a also for a bench. Um, what else? What other? And to go into the car- theme of being urban, we went with a company for our lighting. We went with a company that is based out of Brooklyn yeah. and they do beautiful glass blowing lights. They, they can custom make your lights for you. Um, we happened to pick one that was not custom, but it just fit in perfectly with our room. What's the name and of the company? The name of the company, I apologize, is Tightrope. Very cool, very cool. Amazing. Curious, um, because it's an office, it, did you address anything within the office space and I'm, I'm asking and forgive me, you know, I've mentioned this before. It's funny on the podcast, when we do this episode, all you're going to hear is, you know, normally I come out to these design houses and I get to see it and I don't get to this time. So, you know, some of the questions may seem a bit pedestrian uh, or if I was there, I would be able to see it or figure it out. I'm just curious though, did you address any of the issues that, now directly affect th- that space within the home that is the office. Um, that being light, um, you know, proper lighting from both the window and perhaps for uh, for recording for Zoom purposes. You know, where I'm recording, I've got I've got two lights working because if I didn't, the lighting would just be absolutely horrendous for recording purposes. Did you address? Um, the noise abatement issues and, and any sound baffling, as well as the the tech issues as far as, you know, maybe that particular room has to be closer to the router. And these are, these are uh, issues that often um, you don't see. Um, maybe you can talk about them, but you don't normally see them in, in design houses because, you know, people are walking through so quickly and you normally don't see the tech, you don't see the router, you don't see the wires, but I'm just curious because it is the office. Um, did you address that? Um, honestly, we, 
at, we addressed the lighting situation. We made sure that there was ample lighting. Um, we, the desk is, has a window behind it. So we made sure that there are, you know, shades and window treatments that will close that off because you know how it is with lighting behind you. You can't see if you're on a Zoom call. So we made sure that that was available for us. And we also have um, extra floor lighting and the overhead lighting. Um, yeah. As for sound, I, oh, go ahead, Vicki. Yeah, and I think the house was equipped properly where the offices had the um, the super, you know, the supercharged Wi-Fi and the router accessibility and all that was done um, intrinsically in the home. We didn't have to get so involved with that, but it was done. I'm almost sure. Isn't it interesting, though, now that these are totally new issues that, you know, in the, yeah. in the, in the past designers would pass this off to the tech expert, you know, or perhaps you would, you would, you'd pass off the internal wiring to the architect and not really think about these things, but it, it has, it has to be something that's taken into account um, nowadays. And I keep going back to this, but I got to believe too, that, you know, designers are the ones that are going to figure out best practices for the way that these things work. Question for you. For those that may not be able to go to this in person, when you walk into the space, if you're not there in person, what part of your design does one miss? What, what would you love for someone to see that they may not be able to see in a, in a virtual environment? Hmm. I think the textures, I think without being there live, you can't feel so can't much. Feel. The texture, right, the texture, the layers of color, the touch and feel, the different fabrics. It's, it's hard to um, absorb that and appreciate all that in a photo or in a video. And like everything else, when you're not live and touching and feeling, the same way I, I feel about retail, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Pictures do it no justice because, the you know, the computer screen distorts the colors. So you don't get the full effect of how the colors are working together and you don't get yeah. the full richness of the colors of all the fabrics that we use and, you know, the wood and um, the artwork, especially the artwork, like the colors, there's, the tiny little there's so many layers. Artwork. Yeah. Yeah. And the way the light, the natural sunlight picks up on certain um tones and different times of day you know there's certain things you just could never capture seeing a design house virtually you know yeah it's it's true it's true but that being said um and not being able to experience it this year i am i am looking forward uh to seeing these uh images when you're done yes so we're we excited we are very excited for everyone to see joe berkowitz jab design group and we are located in Penn Valley, Pennsylvania, which is suburbs of Philadelphia. How, how was this design house experience different for you? Such an interesting question in the world today, you know, Josh? Yeah. Um, first of all, before the whole COVID thing happened, which, you know, is really the bulk of that answer. But before the whole COVID thing happened, I was interested in doing the show house. And unlike any show house I've ever been in, involved in, I didn't pick a room and I didn't submit anything. They called me 
and said, we'd like you to do the foyer and you don't have to submit a thing, which was, you know, a compliment I felt. So I said, okay, it was cool. So it made that process a lot easier. No boards, no prep, no submittal. You know what I mean? You know what that is, Joe? That's like the actor that gets the part without having to read for it. <laughs> right, right. That's how I took it too, Josh. You know, it was like a little yeah. pat on, on, on the shoulders, you know? Yeah. Nice. So, so that yes. was cool. So that was just a different start, you know? And, uh, and I enjoyed that. Um, so, but, I, but the, oh, the other part of the question though, but, but uh, the, the process of the show house from that point on was frustrating, not because they did anything wrong, but COVID happened. I had been aware that some other show houses were either canceled or pushed way off, you know, months, months off. And, um, and so I knew that that was sort of coming here. When are we really starting? How do we know what, what to prepare for? The dates changed a few times. So nothing against Aspire. They handle it very professionally, but we all had a role with, you know, the, the blow of uh, COVID and not knowing really when it would be possible to put a show on. Yeah. And for a design house, you know, as designers think about the room, the space, and most importantly with a design house, it's the experience, not necessarily for that of the client, but for those who are, who are coming through and experiencing it, you take all these things into account. And then it's like, is it going to be live? Well, if it's, if it's not going to be live, then what's a virtual experience going to look like? It just sort of changes, it changes everything. Did, Did it change your design approach to your space? No, didn't change that at all. It changed, you know, uh, the ability to make it happen a little bit, but it didn't change my concept or my approach to, you know, laying out the space or deciding what the style would be at all. One thing that's really interesting is you and I spoke previously. You and I talked. It's it's been it's been months now. Um, you were yeah. one of the first people that I had a chance to speak with about this whole situation, COVID nineteen. 2020, I was doing a a series for Convo by Design called Designing for Disaster. And this is what we were talking about. And it's so interesting because, Joe, it feels like a lifetime ago when you and I spoke. It actually really does to me, too. Also, because, you know, this this COVID world has sort of stretched out and made life so bizarre. You know, it's almost like you're you're floating around watching your own life instead of being in it. You know, and for a period of time, there was a little shutdown in there where I think, you know, the, the world was so quiet and peaceful and everybody's trying to figure out what's going on, you know, so it has been a long time. And I remember from our conversation, and it's really interesting because one of the things that you and I spoke about were, what do we think is going to happen in the world of design? What are some of the things that are most likely going to be affected by COVID and what's going to happen in the future. And I recall you and I talking about the idea of the foyer and the vestibule and what has gone from, from previously being, you know, the first impression to something that's more utilitarian than it's been since the Spanish flu pandemic. Right. Yeah, we do. We definitely did talk about that. You know, the funny thing is that I agree with that still, but in designing for the show house, I never once thought about doing anything other than the norm, you know, what people want to see. I mean, it's like a show. So yeah. I don't think people want to see 
hey, now we, you know, we use our kitchen like an office and, you know, everything's casual and, you, you know, you're not, you don't need to do things that are impractical and look pretty. It's still a show house. So, you know, I didn't even think about it for a second, Josh, even though, you know, in my real designs for people, it does come up. But this is more fantasy to a degree, you know. I love that. So tell me about the fantasy. Tell me about the first impression. Tell me what, what you designed this for, more so to the point who you designed this for. Well, the nice thing about a show house is for me, I designed it for me. Now, a lot of other people I know might say, who's the, who are the local customers? You know, what are they going to want to see? How am I going to get jobs from that? Which I agree with that. But um, for me, once I start a space like this and I'm the client, it's hard not to have fun with it and do what turns me on, you know? So, um, so my approach was it's, it's a two-story foyer and it has an overlook and you know, a balcony up top and I have the second floor as well. And there's, a, there's some interesting walls. So I, I really wanted to do, uh, have a gallery-like effect and uh, present some artwork, large artwork, which I happen to like, and give it that kind of style. And, and in a foyer, you know, you have very few moments to decorate, if you know what I mean. It's not like a living room. You can pack it with furniture and, you know, you've got so many other elements. Foyers typically don't have a lot of seating. Um, the walls are the main thing. And, um, and then, you know, if you're lucky at credenza, it's not, it's not a big accessory moment either. There's not shelves and, and uh, tabletops and counters everywhere. So I, I, I dealt with the walls first and I, I went crazy with wallpaper, which was all uh, generously donated by Arte and uh, we papered every single wall everywhere. And it's cool. It's really interesting looking. I, I love that. I want to back up a second because something that you said was really interesting because I didn't I, I didn't even think about it and I didn't really intend that to be the the direction of the question. Um, you know, asking who you designed it for, what was on my mind, what I was originally thinking about. And it's it's really funny. And I love I love your answer. Did I did I take that wrong? What, what, what no, you were asking? That's no, you no, okay. you took it exactly as I asked it. <laughs> but it wasn't what I was thinking about. What I was thinking about was that the nature of, of a, of a design house is in a show house. It's so theatrical, right? That's really what it is. Right. It's, yeah. it's theater. Yeah. And right. when I talk to set decorators and I talk to set decorators all the time, I love them and I love what they do. They design for a page. They don't design for people or, right. you know, they design yeah, for what that. they, what they believe is the, is the, the, the underlying, message beneath the text between the lines, if you will. Right. And then it dawned on me that from a business perspective, you know, many designers do participate in show houses because there is the hope certainly that you will get business out of this. But I never even really thought about the idea that you would design for the people who are coming through in order to achieve work at the end of the design house. But I guess that is something that, that designers really do need to consider before doing a design house because there's an investment of both time and money. Absolutely. Yeah, right? That's true. That's true. And, and, and I believe that most of these homes are um, great for your reputation and for marketing, but they're really not about business usually. I mean, and I would say most designers feel the same way. You hope to get a job out of it. But that's not the norm. It's, and, and it's the same thing when I advertise in magazines. You know, people don't just open up the magazine and point to your picture and say, I'm going to call this guy. That's the, the bonus if you get there, you know. Yeah. But, um, but there, are, there are people that are considering 
who's the clientele in, in Princeton here? What's their style? What are they going to want to see? I, I only want to show them that so that they call me. And I get that. But, you know, then, you know, for me, I have a certain aesthetic and my stuff tends to have a little edge to it. And I still have to, um, you know, do me, as, so to speak, you know. So um, I want people who know me or hear of me and, and can relate to my website or my image or my branding to see me when they walk in here. And it may not may not be the best for everybody here in Princeton, but somebody will get it. You know, that's the main thing. And I think that that's the beauty of it is that you're not designing for everybody. If you were designing for any everybody, you would do a model or attract home, and that's not what this is. You know, a totally. design you're right. a design yeah. has it's it's aspirational. It's inspirational. It's supposed. It's like the, what the auto dealers do for the for the for the auto show. You know, right. they don't. Yeah, Ford doesn't roll out its Taurus at the auto show. Right. Correct. <laughs> they, roll right. Out, yeah. they roll out what you really want to see. Um, well, and as we're speaking, so I'm sitting in some other designer's room, but there's glass doors on it looking out to my foyer. And I'm looking at this huge purple round bank head. You can sit all around it, not unlike in a lobby of a, of a hotel, right in the middle of this house in Princeton. And, you know, it's that's me. It's dramatic and it looks cool. Some people are going to walk in and say, oh, my God, that's unbelievable. And some people are going to just not get it. And I'm, I accept that, you know? And that's, isn't that kind of the best part? Yeah, totally. You don't want, you know those you don't, people too. Yeah, no, when, totally. When, when you're standing in your room, you know, some people walk right through it. <laughs> you just know, Hey, that's not my client there, you know? Yeah. So walk me through the space. Who did you specify? Who did you use? Who are your partners? So, um, as I said, our table is really generous. You know, usually when people do a show house, you know, you paper a wall and you ask someone to give you three rolls of wallpaper. I needed like 160 yards of one color and 30 rolls of another. And, and they were really generous. So uh, Arte was, was big in that respect. Arteriors um, is always a vendor that I do a lot of business with and they're generous with me. And we have quite a few things from them. Um, and then I have a, an incredible upholsterer, Patagonia home out in um, California who made this banquet for me. And, uh, and it's quite a thing to make and construct. And they, they just did an incredible job. It's a beautiful piece of furniture. So, um, and then the la lastly, left bank art, two things. Left, left bank art was great. I have some beautiful uh, paintings from left bank art. But one thing in particular is this black and white picture that started the whole room for me. I found a photograph online that was just so intriguing, especially with what's going on in the world. It's a woman and half of her face is white and half of it is black. And it's just so interesting, you know, and, and just said, said a lot to me. And that's what started the, the first thing I picked. The first thing I designed the room around the whole space, which has a black and white and beige kind of theme. And I tracked it down to a photographer in Russia. And, uh, and it's funny, the world's so small sometimes. And I, I emailed him and he said he's interested. And I, we spoke. And uh, when we spoke, I asked him a little bit about what the world thinks of our politics, which was interesting. We won't get into that. And um, anyway, so he, I bought the print from him and he sent it to me digitally. I had it blown up. It's almost six feet by four feet and it's hanging up on the wall right now. And it's just really cool, provocative, you know, it's going to, going to make people stare and think a little bit, probably take a lot of photographs, hopefully. Do you know who the woman is? I do not. And the interesting thing is both sides of her face are painted. 
So it can't really offend anybody, you know, it's not like the old days, you know, a black face or, you know, both sides are painted. So you really don't know who or what she is. You, you just see this almost yin yang kind of a thing. It really looks like that. And it's, it's very intriguing. I, I don't have, uh, I have his name in my phone, but it's Russian and hard to say, and I don't have it at the top of my head, but it was interesting to be able to call across the world and just talk to just another regular guy who's you know trying to sell his photographs and bring that here and sort of feature that here at the, the Princeton Aspire house is kind of a cool thing. I love that. But, and bef- before I let you go, I just want to ask you if design houses more so than, than the regular work that you do gives you the opportunity to, to do more of the treasure hunting, to do more of the, the searching for a piece to fit a puzzle. Yes, definitely. Without a hundred percent, without a doubt, because, because like I said before, I'm the client and, and, you know, I can really do what I want and think, you know, in my own head about what do I want to see there without exterior input and someone else's wish list or, you know, inspirational photos that somebody mailed me, emailed me, you know, it's, there's none of that. It's really, it's, it's a really blank canvas when you do a show house for yourself. I love that. And I will say that these days, everybody, all, all clients have input. They're barraged with, um, you know, all kinds of media, whether it's paper or internet, you know, hows and, and uh, emails from furniture stores. I mean, they just, everything's coming at any customer, even the most high-end clients see all this, everything that's out there. So it's very rare that somebody comes to you blank. So it's nice here that, you know, you start with a blank canvas. Steve Mandel, and I'm the um, publisher of Aspire Design and Home Magazine. Tell me about the design house this year. So, um, so we wanted to do something that was um, unusual for this area. So we, we wanted to do a really modern show house. And so when I met the, when I met the developer, um, I sort of um, begged him to let us, let us do a show house before, before they moved in. I said, I just have this idea. He'd never done a show house before. He was just really game to, to, I think I either wore him down by begging or, um, or uh, convincing or whining or one of those three, but um, it worked. So we, so it, um, and, and, and with Aspire, we'd love to do, we'd love to do these, these houses when, um, in the early construction, we'd like to be involved in it. It gives us a chance to sort of um, help the, help the homeowner build a vision too for what they want to do inside. So uh, tell me about the selection process. Tell me about uh, selecting the designers and who you chose and why. So we, um, we really worked with a blank palette. There was one designer in particular that we wanted to, to have to do the master bedroom. Um, her name is Judy King, which is Judy is sort of like um, Princeton royalty. And, um, and, she, and, and she does such beautiful work. So it was, it was, it was a natural that we had that we that bring Judy in. And then we just sort of, um, you know, because we know so many designers, we work, you know, we work with the entire design community throughout the, throughout the country. You know, we just sort of, you know, opened it up to as many designers that would, that would want to come and, 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 view, and view the home and just wanted to see their renderings and see their ideas. See, see, you know, we brought designers in that, that had different mixes of styles, some that do, um, you know, some that, you know, we only pictured as transitional or traditional type of designers and, and asked them to stretch and let me see what they could do. And it's worked out really beautifully. So um, um, that it's really just an open bidding process. We looked at about 40 different um, 
submissions and selected the designers that 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 were that were going to be here. So knowing that you've done design houses in the past, this year is vastly different. How did you how did you have to change? What was the pivot like? And um, what did you come up with? How are you doing this? You're doing as as a live combination of um, live and and virtual, correct? And then um, when are you publishing this? And when does this come out? We'll be publishing this on December 15th. We'll, we'll, we'll um, release an issue. We have a special issue dedicated specifically to our show houses. We've, we've participated or produced um, seven in the, in, since, since last October. And they're a mix of um, all, all, I think, all I think went really well. You know, we, 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 we produced the, in last October, we produced High Point and then, and, and then um, went out to California to do Turlock, California with Christopher Kennedy. Um, then pr- produced our own show houses, the Aspire houses like this model, one in Burnersville, New Jersey, one in McLean, Virginia, um, one, the Princeton one, and, and were the, also the, the national sponsors for the, the Junior League of Detroit, which was an amazing home, and, and Pasadena, which was the only one that didn't get to get off the ground as, as, as a live show. The way we're working with COVID is, is, is um, very cautiously. We, 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 we err on the side of, of um, to say an abundance of caution is an understatement. It's um, we, we, we space the house out so that we understand exactly the traffic flow. So everybody's work, walking in, 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 in one direction. We do timed entries. So there, so, so there's only two at a time can enter the house and they have, and, and we space out, we space out each visit so that it gives everybody a chance to, to go through the house without interruption. Um, we provide masks and system people wearing masks when, 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 when they're, when they're, when they're in the homes, um, we have hand sanitizing stations throughout. We, we work with it. We work with the communities that we're with to understand what the occupancy limits are. And we, 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 we bring the occupancy down to about half of what they say we can bring. So, um, so we, we, we keep them very safe. We do contact tracing. You know, we, we follow up with, we follow up with people after, after they've attended to, to, to make sure that, that, that um, everybody's still safe. Um, we do temperature checks when they when they come in, and um, so, and so far, you know, no no bad experiences. Thank you to all of these amazing designers for taking the time to share their spaces. Design houses are like the design and architecture industry's version of the auto show for the automotive industry. It's it's a chance to present real, imagined, aspirational, and conceptual ideas in a real-world format. With luck, and a little good fortune, 2021 will be a different type of year, and we can go see these houses in person. Until then, I hope you enjoyed hearing about their work. Make sure you check it out online. Thank you, Walker Zanger, for your continued support of Convo by Design. And thank you for listening and subscribing to the show. If not subscribing yet, please do so. It's so easy. Ask Siri for help. You can you can uh, find Convo by Design everywhere you find your favorite podcasts. You can also learn more about the show at ConvoByDesign.com and Convo by Design with an X on Instagram. Thanks again for listening. Be well. And until next week, keep creating. Mm-hmm.